This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. This month, we are teaming up with igotout.org, a consortium of cult survivors supporting the I Got Out movement of activism and education to help shine light on the commercial cults more commonly known as multi-level marketing. Throughout the month of November, follow along with us on social media as we share MLM statistics, cult education, survivor stories, and ways that you can join in on the movement. Visit igotout.org to share your MLM experience and share your I Got Out selfie using the hashtags I Got Out and I Got Out of an MLM on social media. Freedom of thought is a universal human right. Hey, welcome to Life After MLM's Lula Rich companion series, Lula Bitch, a place you can come to find all the tea and everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You're about to hear the personal accounts of the people affected by the MLM LulaRoe. These stories are our own personal opinions, accounts, and allegations of our experiences within the cult. Some stories may be triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. Hello, and welcome back to another Lula Bitch session on Life After MLM from Lula Rich. Lauren, welcome to the show. Um, I'm so excited to have you and so excited to meet you face to face. Uh, it's wonderful. We didn't know each other before Lula Rich. And so it's really interesting to get to meet you and become friends with you. You know, it's just really cool. So I would like to have you introduce yourself and tell everybody how you got to know LuLaRoe and, and what attracted you and why you joined. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so yes, my name is Lauren and I joined LuLaRoe in October of 2015. Um, and I had heard about it from a gal who was just, I don't even know, maybe I complimented what she was wearing and she's like, Oh my gosh. Um, and I just had my son. Okay. He was two months old. I had, I've always been in retail, always been in the fashion industry. Okay. So this is like what I know, this is what's normal to me. And she was like, yeah, it's like super cool. And it's so different because, you know, you go to these parties and you like order stuff and then you get them in the mail or you, you know, I, I don't know. I had never really been to any thing like that, but I knew from what I had heard is that this was different because you own the product and you just go to, you know, someone's house and you like shop, like you have, you go to a store and I was like, well, that's super awesome. So I can have a store in my house. I get a pick my stuff I was like well that sounds like easy peasy because I really wanted to I didn't want to like quote unquote go back to work where I had to leave my kids because I really wanted to just be home with my baby and my toddler and grind so 
I was like, well, this sounds perfect. This sounds amazing. Talk to, she's like, well, let me just put you in touch with this gal. I'm like, okay, talk to the girl. She's like, basically said that just the same thing. We didn't talk. There was no mention of teams. There was no mention of not being able to pick patterns or colors. It was like, oh, you get to pick, you know, all these things. There's just like a couple different packages that you can choose from. And I'm like, all right. Um, it just seemed really easy really, you know, just, oh, they'll call you, you'll get in, you pick this package. Um, I would recommend, you know, these are the best sellers of this and that. I would recommend bringing on kids. Since you have kids, I would recommend the $10,000 package basically. And I was like, and at first I was like, okay, well, $10,000 for, to own your own store. And it gets to be in my house, then perfect. Like that actually didn't rock my world. That's how I felt too. Like, yeah. wow, to have my own store, it's only going to cost this. Like, it seems like it costs so much more. So right? I feel you like on I that. don't have to pay rent. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I know that people talk about the money a lot and how much it was. And yes, I'm not saying I'm not dismissing that or saying that's a small chunk, chunk of change. But when you really think about owning your own business, including the inventory, I mean, yeah, it just didn't seem like it was going to be astronomical. And like they say, if you get it and you hit the ground running then you're just gonna be fine you'll make it back and then they start throwing out numbers well so-and-so made it back and this time so-and-so made it and probably those were all probably lies um right and I so, even remember asking and they were like well most people make it back within three months right no statistics most <laughs> total most. anecdotal so if you most don't people <laughs> you're gonna feel really bad about yourself Right. Well, if you're not most people, then I would understand. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> then you're actually just like not going to make it. But it was so, I mean, I remember, so this is hilarious because I remember, I think I just got my inventory. I called my girlfriend over. I was like, okay, so we need to like set up the store. I even did, this is what I think is so funny looking back because again, as managing a retail store beforehand, I did like, I hung the leggings. Like if I had, if I had like five of the same pattern, I would hang one and then I had back stock because that's oh like how God. a normal store would be. I had a big bookshelf and I would have the leggings rolled or folded a certain way. Yeah, and I yeah, had the yeah. same, I had a back stock. I'm like, there's one and all the dupes go in this tub. It, totally. And I was like, well, and I had the this mannequin. I literally thought it was a store. It's like almost embarrassing how not like, <laughs> I clearly didn't know what it was. Was I just was like, oh, okay. And I was really slow. Like, I mean, my upline, they would, she said that they would make fun of me. Literally, they'd be like, what is this girl doing? Cause they'd be like, well, what are you waiting for? I was like, well, you know, like people will pop in when, because I didn't know. I literally didn't know. I was like, she's like, people aren't gonna like pop in. So I remember like when I had my first like party, it was selling all stuff. They were like, yay, finally, like Lauren's selling stuff. Cause I had, no um not like drive but I didn't have that like okay I'm gonna like open my box and go live I didn't even know that was a thing because she didn't know it was a thing she was learning at the same time so everything I was getting which I literally am just like I told you this morning kind of putting together like wait a second I was kind of like her we were babies raising babies like yeah <laughs> Totally. And so then I, you know, it's like almost like I feel bad for the girls that then join my team because I kind of just did the same thing. Like, oh, I was just told this or like, no rush, get your box, get comfortable with it. And I would bring a lot of the things that I had learned from like being in normal, regular retail, like 
it's really important to like feel the clothes, get to know them, be able to talk about them. Um, I didn't realize like that I needed to be ordering. So then that pressure of ordering more, maybe you're not selling as fast because you need to be ordering more and have more of a variety. Like it just seemed so weird. And the Wednesday calls, weren't they Wednesdays? Like was at it, 10. Oh, the Tuesday the, morning home Or the Tuesday calls. morning. Yes. yes. Those. Because then after that, we had a call with our team. Like I felt like I was always on call. Yes, that's and, intentional. And every time I would be like, what am I doing? And I was spending way more time. If I took all of the hours that I actually was working, like the calls, the training, the photo taking, I literally remember I was trying to sleep train my son. He's still the loudest human on earth. He just operates at a different octave than everybody else, but that kid would scream. And so I had to like have a girlfriend come over to help sleep train him because I had to get photos done. I had to do stuff. I had my husband's friend who was like, who had gotten, um, I think like let go. So he was home on like, while he was looking for other jobs that come and play with my daughter so I could do all this stuff. It was, I should have just been back to work because I was not spending time with my kids. I was spending less time with my family than I ever had ever. And that's like something that a lot of people don't talk about because now you're like living this boss babe culture, right? You're the, the super mom that has it all and can do it all. And you're expected to continue to be not only 100% a wife, 100% a mom, 100% the stay at home duties that you were doing before, but now you're also running this business at a hundred percent as well. Well, and I, I think a lot of this goes back to when you start kind of these, like these small realizations start happening. I wanted to not only prove to myself, but like I, you know, my intention going in, like I wanted to help my family and I wanted to spend more time with my kids. So I just kept chasing that dream. And I kept, I wanted to prove to my husband always like, this is worth it. I promise. And he just was not, he thought from day one, it was going to be a bad idea. Like this is total bullshit. Like he just saw it for what it was. He's like, this is total bullshit. And, and he was like, so I'm working full-time and then I'm working full-time. So now my job is I'm just full-time all the time. I'm on all the time. This is doing nothing for our family. Exactly. Right. So any bit of quote unquote free time that you had before LuLaRoe is now filled by LuLaRoe. You're doing it every little pocket of time, every free moment you have, oh, the children are napping. You can take photos. You can go live and talk to people. You can talk to your customers. You can talk to people that might be wanting to know more about the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Always. Always. 100%. Well, and it, they do say that in the thing. It was like, it just became about it just became all consuming with that and then trying to keep it up and trying to yeah like prove to yourself and to everybody else like no 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 this is gonna work or this whatever so you reached trainer like I did we were in the same level Mm -hmm, of leadership mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and you were underneath the tree of Lindsay Wheeler who we meet in Lula Rich she's not in it but she's in it right Um, she's the blonde with the bob that says we need to get away from being or we're not a pyramid scheme right that's that's who Lindsay Wheeler is she is one of the top dogs in Lula uh very high up and that was the team tree you were under I was under Kim Roylance the breast milk lady (laughs) so I can't (laughs) That was shocking. 
<laughs> um, so tell me, how long did it take you from joining LuLaRoe to hit trainer? Oh man, that was, it was fast. Um, I want to say so October, I want to say it was like maybe March. Yeah. Okay. So pretty pretty fast. quick. Were you able to go to the Be the Light Leadership with Mario Lopez or did you just miss it? I just missed it. I'm so sad about that. I, you know, I just am kind of like, well, I wanted to meet me some Mario. You could not have really, a Mario really. selfie right now. I, you could be I, sharing I, all I, over the internet. Right. Oh my gosh. I actually, you know, it's so funny when they said that because that wouldn't have like starstruck me at all. I've been like, doesn't he meet everyone? Isn't he the guy that's like on TV? Like, isn't that what he does? Is just stance, like be in the center of centers of plazas or something and just meet people and talk about people. And I'm like, sorry, dude, pick a lot of other people that I would have, I would have been really sad to have missed, not Mario Lopez. Sorry, Mario. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Mario Lopez is just very ubiquitous in Hollywood. Um, totally. And he's, yeah, he's a host of I don't know, Access I, Hollywood or yeah. I have no idea. That's probably I know, wrong. like entertainment tonight. Entertainment was, tonight, maybe. Oh no, I don't know. Oh no. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. outside of Universal Studios. Yes. He's just people. that guy. So what was the climate of LuLaRoe since you were in during the Mario Lopez time? I joined right after that. What was the climate of LuLaRoe right before Mario and then right after Mario? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely this big change of, it didn't seem as busy as pushy as um glam or as you know it was it just felt like this kind of like family home like really wanting to do good um company and it went from that to we are uh basically like saving lives and you have to share this opportunity with as many people as you can because we are going to be like basically bless everybody. We're going to change everybody's lives. Everyone's going to be better. Every mom needs to know about this because this is the best thing that has ever happened. And every mom, of course, wants to be home with their kids. You know, it's funny because a lot of my friends were like, I don't want to be home with my kids. Bye. Have fun. You know, which I thought was really interesting. A lot of my friends were like, no, we're good, girl. We've got a job. Okay. Like we don't need, we don't want to be selling that at all from our home with our kids. Like I keep thinking about that. Has that deep, deep want and need to connect with in a, in a certain way. And not yeah. saying that, you know, you need that more than other people. But I do think that like from a, like a psychological thought process that you would prey on moms that are home because you know there's a purpose and you know, and you know what you give up for that and the sacrifices that you make. So then why wouldn't you just make one more that's a little superficial to help your family? It's pretty sick when you think about it, but it's also a pretty easy sell. Especially when their mission statement includes the phrases, blessing lives and strengthening families. Right. So you're like, yeah, I need both of those things. Sign me up. It's all I wanted. It's all literally all I wanted my dream. Like I would dream about like, okay, well one, like I still feel really bad about these things. I wanted to like buy my mom a villa in Italy. Weird, right? Totally thought that would be intangible. I mean, so sweet, but also like what? Like, who do you think you are? 
Well, because I'm getting told these people are making like a hundred thousand dollars a month for my mom. It wasn't even for me. It was like, here, mom, I really want to give you this. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I would have just settled for like a new couch. Like, I don't even know. It was crazy. I just, I did not understand, but then you just start chasing dreams. Right. You know? And that's the other thing, right? Like once one of these ridiculously unattainable dreams seems that it could be a reality and you suspend disbelief for even a second, it is so easy to do it again and to go deeper and harder. Well, and then what happened for me, and I saying this with literally no judgment and I'm not trying to be offensive at all, but I became really good friends with people that were making a lot of money and living that life, that, that LuLaRoe life. So it was very, in my head, it was, it was attainable. Like there wasn't a question. I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm here. I'm hanging out. Like we're doing the thing. So I know it's happening because it's happening to her and I'm with her right now. Right. It wasn't this anecdotal thing. Like I know a girl in my upline who made a million dollars. You're like, I am literally sitting next to the girl who made a million dollars and she's buying my my lunch. We have like matching tattoos that this is my best friend. Like this is like, this is no dream. I'm, or unless, you know, we're lived, like it's crazy, but then it just became more and more apparent that like, it was her, she got to live the dream. And again, totally fine, but that is just how it works. And that's my point. And even bringing that up or saying that is that like, and how they break it down. And of course, that's how they show you. And everyone's like, well, duh, of course, Lauren, like you should have known that, but here's the thing. No, not everyone does know that. I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not know that you had to be in the top 10 or the top, you know, whatever to attain those things. I actually thought that I could too. And so really quickly it's, I started, um, realizing that more and more and, you know, also the things that kept me in were like, I remember on the car ride to the airport, just being like, what am I doing? Like, I felt so disconnected from myself, but I also just felt like, but if I don't go one, my team, I think also that's, I don't know if it was at that point also when it changed that you had to go there were consequences like if you didn't go or if you didn't do something there were consequences Mm -hmm. I remember hearing and like sitting on leadership calls where Deanne would get in there and she would scream at us and she would say Mm -hmm. it's disappointing to hear that some of you aren't going to be at leadership I can't believe this is happening we do these events for you guys and your businesses I know you can afford it I sign your checks okay And I remember it was like one person and there's screenshots out there. I could probably find them, but this one person, and I think it was like a family member of her. She was like, sorry, Aunt Deanne, like, I'm not going to be at leadership this time. You know, I've been to the other leaderships, but I have this family thing. And she like, Deanne went off on her. Like, you have to be at this and like threatening her. It was insane. Totally. Like actually. And so that really upsets me when I hear these retailers that are defending Deanne and Mark after watching LuLaRoe. It's just, it's are there a lot of people? Oh my God. Yes. And they're just like, they're such good people. Nobody forced anybody to do anything. And I'm just like, either you're new or you're a liar. Oh, oh yeah. I wonder, 
I wonder if it's like a loyalty thing. Like they know home office is watching. So as long as they're saying like, Mark and Dan are so amazing and this opportunity is incredible that they're like home office is watching. You don't want to get on their radar. So you have to be saying good things because if you say anything negative, then you're on their radar. So if you're only saying incredibly positive things, then you're not a target is that they're terrified. And so they're like, we're just going to say all the good things. Which is bananas. Absolutely bananas. Have you been asked, I don't know if, I mean, every single person that I have talked to is like, so how are they still in business? Yes. That is like the number one question. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I've been um, helping expose the truth and fighting for four years. And I wish I could tell you why they're still in business. I have no idea. Do you remember, okay, I, I, I'm sure I can find this somewhere, and, but they didn't talk about this. Do you remember when, when the whole thing came out with, with my dyer and there was, um, I don't know if Mark got confronted or something. And there's a quote of him saying, are basically like our money's hidden. We don't care if something goes down, we'll be fine. We have it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. It's my favorite they, Mark quote of all time. Mine too. And I, I was so surprised that they didn't say that in there because I was like, no, they have an exit strategy. Right. They say and their like, exit strategy is death, but it's actually taking their two to 300 million to the Bahamas and fucking everything else. Exactly. Like they literally talk about that. They talk about it. It was in a training, like we all heard it and so we know that it's like, so when people are like, oh, why are they still in business? I'm like, I don't even know if they know why they are still in business. Because if you have an exit strategy like that, that like, we're going to take all of our money and we're, yeah, we're going to the Bahamas, probably to this, I think it was even like this island we've already bought and this, you know, with the, all of the money that they have stacked in all of those different places. I mean, he's, he exposed himself. So yeah. I just, that to me is like mind blowing. I mean, I think probably that that's not the extra strategy right now because the entire world is watching them right now. They're probably loving it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was like, just four, huh? Just four. That at the end of the day is where I can like rest about it. Where I'm like, okay, because I, I mean, I didn't have bad intentions. I just didn't. And I mean, I think some people did. I think some people had probably a little bit more nefarious ideas about what could possibly happen if they got to that point, you know? Totally. Um, definitely. There were definitely some people that had a pretty good idea of what they could do. A lot of those people that have left are doing it in other MLMs, which just proves to me that they 100% know exactly what they're doing. Oh, 100%. And there's no integrity or like, yeah, those like bye-bye you know I will say I I thought that documentary was well done I thought that they I mean I everybody has messaged and been like is there going to be more there has to be more this barely touched the surface this is insane I'm like yeah it didn't like you know there's an there's an entire day of interviews that right. did not even air I was like uh, I was wearing a okay so this is my question for you I was interviewed for like 10 hours I mean, just talking, talking, talking for 10 hours. Yeah. How long were you interviewed for? Two days. Two days. Two days. Mm-hmm. And you're in it like 20 minutes worth? Yeah. 
So people need to realize, I get met a lot of messages or I'll see a lot of comments that are like, um, why didn't they mention the NDSS scandal? Um, why didn't they mention the NOR launch? Um, why didn't they mention this? Why didn't they mention that? And I say, oh, I did mention it. I oh, was totally. interviewed for 10 we, I hours. I it. mentioned mm -hmm. it. I talked about yeah. it. I'm sure you talked about that stuff too. Um, here's the thing. I'm not the editor of the film. Lauren's not the editor of the film. There's also a story and a narrative. I was going to say, I was going to say, how do you get, get all of the interviews that you have, put that together and stick with the theme without exactly. getting sidetracked, without getting into anything like maybe super, you know, because I could imagine, because I've played this out in my head where I'm like, okay, well, if they, they could have, for like, for example, there was a gal who kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say catfish. I thought I was being catfished. Okay. By this girl who asked to join my team. She didn't even, she lived on the other side of the country. Like why me? I don't understand. I, I, and I mean, it was, I was like scared ended up. It was the worst thing in the entire world. Like threatened me, my family stole from LuLaRoe. Like I'm like, and I have the screenshots. It was, it was, it was the worst thing ever. Okay. I called LuLaRoe at least 20 something times, scared, so scared. No one even called me back. Not one time, not one time. So what this girl was doing, this is so crazy. So this was back when they would, okay, so this is how it used to work. You'd place an order. Let's say you place an order at 11 o'clock at night. It printed. Okay. So the people would come in at the warehouse in the morning, they start doing their boxes. Well, what she would do is she would place these orders, like crazy orders, $50,000 or something, and then hit cancel. But it's still printed out. Oh my God. They didn't catch on forever. First of all, she was like killing it. She was like, my, like my mom was like, I'm tuning in just for the show. It was crazy. They finally caught on, but also the things that she was doing were so one illegal two like threatening my, like literally me and my family, they just let it all go. Because she sold a lot. Like why, why did they ignore it? No clue. They're like, I'm one of your leaders and someone underneath me who sells a lot of LuLaRoe and buys a lot of LuLaRoe is threatening my mm -hmm. family and my safety. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yep. I'll never this doesn't violate our community guidelines. This does not bless my family or strengthen it because I might not even be here. I was like, whoa. And I remember calling like Lindsay and, and Ashley, like they both totally had my back. They tried to do whatever they could. Like I was on phone and they're like, wait, what? Like it, it was insane. I mean, they had to get onto my team page because this girl was on my team and she was so toxic and she would be reaching out to other people on my team and like apologizing, for, like had to like have my back because they also thought that like, I don't know if my team thought I was making it, like it just, it got really crazy. But, and here's the other thing, the fact that they didn't have, so I tried to implement too, because I like, I also have like a nurturing background too, right? So I'm like, where's the regional manager? <laughs> where is our, like, where is that? There was none of that. There was no control, no district, no one. Like uh, my idea was like, okay, well this person, I was like, I'll, I've like volunteered myself. Of course I was like, we need to have people in every district to make sure that everybody's okay. That if there's an issue like that, 
that I could help, you know, you come in, whatever you deal with somebody at corporate. Like I had all of the really smart, good ideas, like, because that actually would have made sense. Have somebody that does Washington and California, right? That if there's things like that, that happens like damage control, right? No, it's like, it wasn't a business. No. And if you needed any help, like from a manager or any sort of advice, in a normal business, you'd reach up and get somebody who's qualified, right? In LuLaRoe, you reach up and you get infinite boss babes. Well, you get that and no one was professional. Yeah, and no nobody one, was no qualified. One was, yeah, yeah, no one was qualified. That no was one nothing. of my favorite things that Sam said in the documentary. I mean, that's a whole nother thing for a whole nother day. But when yes. Sam admitted that he had no idea what he was doing and he was completely unqualified, I mean, he threw really fun parties. I will give him that. Oh yeah, but, he did. Um, they were always kind of shit shows. They were fun, but they were disasters. I, but I will say that they were total fun. disasters. Total disasters, but they were really fun. And he did play good music. Yeah, it would be like if a frat Mm-hmm. Like decided mm-hmm. to throw a party for 25,000 people. <laughs> like, That's exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, I'm back in like the Greek system and everyone's just partying except for we're all wearing really, like it's like a theme party. We're really wearing and people are weird. So you, you know, Ashley, who was in the, yeah. the film, you guys are both in Washington. Um, I reached out to her. I know that she's got stuff going on. Yeah. She'd like to be on the show. I would love to talk to her. But I get so many questions about Ashley. Why was she even in it? Why didn't she say anything? What's going on with her? What's happening here? Um, and so I don't want to be disrespectful to Ashley. I know she has her own yeah. story, but I do want to answer maybe some of those questions if you could answer on her behalf. Yeah, um, yeah totally. So when Ashley filmed Lula Rich, how far out of LuLaRoe was she at the time? Like, if it would let me see I'm like how do we put this in terms of let's just pretend she had like just had a baby she would have like still been in the hospital like having aftercare like getting the like like right it was very 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 fresh so you know and like I had kind of mentioned this to you earlier but I do think it's really important for people to understand that when you one of the top five people let's just say um one, there's so many different levels of the, un- of um, like unraveling things, right? It's like with any trauma in life or any realizations, even good ones, good or bad, like you're getting married, right? And then there's like the, all the things like your rehearsal dinner and your, who's going to be your bridesmaid and all of those things, very exciting time, but there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of like, okay, what does this mean? What is my life going to look like? Like, who's going to be there? What if I don't invite this? There's so much thought it goes into like one decision and it's the same with the end of ending of things, even whether that's divorce, leaving a company, because also that company, because they, it's such a quote unquote family, you know, that is, that's a lot. And it was really, so it was very fresh. And so I think that for her, uh, I actually, it's, it's interesting because when I watched it, I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of you for even just saying what she had, because I think that's the first time she had ever even said anything that wasn't pro LuLaRoe. And even as like literally, you know, her being one of my very, very closest friends that I would consider my family. I mean, she's the first person that my kids ever called auntie to anybody for her to get to that point was huge and I was so proud of her and 
it was a struggle. It was really hard because, you know, she was so dedicated and she believed it too. She believed it so much that she also lost so much. Yeah. I mean, her story is, is heartbreaking. And when I watched Lula Rich, like I had no idea she was going to be in it. And when I watched it, I was like, oh my God. And then when she didn't say anything, I almost felt like I took it a little personally, right? Like this is such a baby and like a, a project for me and something I've been working for so long. I was like, I was angry. That was my first thing, right? right? I was like, why even be in it? Like, I was really angry. Like, you're not helping. And again, I was coming from a place where I didn't know anything about her. And so even this morning when you were like, hey, she was only like a week or two out, I immediately was like, oh my God, and completely changed how I felt about everything. And I admitted to myself, oh my God, I judged her in in a way because I didn't know all, I didn't know everything. Um, right. I'm not going to judge her. Obviously she's leaving a cult. I left a cult. I get it. I was like, why, why be in this? If you're not going to say anything. And then you told me she's only been out a week or two. And I thought to myself and I felt it as I was watching it. And I had made comments before, but when you said that it absolutely confirmed. It and to if me. you re and if, and if you rewatch it and you really like, and maybe it's just because I know. And so the second day of filming, so I was with her this whole time. I was at her house. I think the reason why they didn't film or put that because I think they wanted everyone to be like in separate houses, but they do a whole filming of us together so that she could be very vulnerable, but she just needed that like support. Um, and that didn't get to, that's not out there, but there's a ton of video footage of a, a very vulnerable and very um, having those realizations. And like, it makes me emotional thinking about it. Cause it's like, it watching that happen in real life for somebody was beautiful in a way. It was like a, a birth for her um, because not only is she coming out of that, she also had left the church, which I was so proud of her for like, you know, there's so many beautiful things that have happened for her. I mean, this is the best thing that's ever happened for her. And also people have to understand she's really young, okay? She's really young, I'm old. I mean, there's just, there's so much there. She has so much to unpack in that, that um, it's kind of like, where do you begin? So I was really proud of her for even showing face and starting that recovery process. And I'm, and you know, I'm sure she's still on that journey. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Zsa for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton doll, scoop neck tee, and some sneakers and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Okay, so we had to take a little break. Uh, Lauren had some family emergency stuff yesterday and we had to cut the interview. So we were picking up where we hopefully left off and I hope that this is not confusing when we edit this. Um, (laughs) But um, we were talking about Ashley and um, I was talking about my realization of Ashley being in this film and me sort of having a little bit of, I don't wanna call it anger, but confusion as to why Mm -hmm. she was in it, because she didn't really say anything. And as someone who'd been speaking out for so long, I sort of felt like, what was the point, right? And then I started, when I watched it the second time, because the first time was me just watching it, right? The second time was me kind of dissecting it and paying attention. And Mm -hmm. I really paid attention to Ashley the second time. And I, I really honestly felt, knowing what I know about Colts and the bite model, I literally felt like we were watching her basically deprogram herself from LuLaRoe uh, and answering these questions. And you could see things in her eyes, the wheels turning and her coming to these realizations, um, which then made me realize the second time I watched it, okay, maybe the reason she's not talking is because she's confused and scared, which is, I was there too. And then you, you mentioned to me that it had been not very long that she had left LuLaRoe she still like had her inventory and everything. Like still had her team. Yeah. So like she was, so it like, was like, she bri- was it was like still drink. Like the Kool-Aid was still in her blood. Like it was coming out as we're watching this. Like she was that. She made up her mind that she was done. Right. But, but again, it's that how, what does that even mean? Right. 
And so like, I want everybody listening to understand because I, I am fully admitting right now that I judged her prematurely because I did not know what was going on. And, and while Lauren and I were catching up before we started recording, we had a conversation about, you know, what's going on in people's life behind the scenes that maybe we don't know about. And I fully admit, you know, I judged Ashley soon, too soon, because I didn't know what was going on in that first watching. And in that second watching, I caught myself. And then, then having you tell me that, that she was so fresh, I was like, oh my God, that's 100% what it was. So Mm -hmm. I do want people to watch it if they're watching it again, or they want to see it again, to, to watch and to pay attention because that's re- that's really what's happening is she's mm-hmm. she's kind of coming out of the Kool-Aid fog as as we watch and and so I was there I did it I want her to know that I'm I'm proud of her for even stepping forward to even say anything at all and anybody in the film that that wanted to speak up and speak their truth and to share their truth I'm talking about the truth here right that that is Absolutely. great and wonderful and I I appreciate anybody that's willing to corroborate any truth so I just wanted to say that because it was weighing really heavy on my heart. And I wanted to say that because I'm wrong sometimes too. And I was wrong and I prematurely judged her. And um, it was definitely that second watching that I, that I saw it and I felt that. And I thought, oh my God, like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening right here. So thank you for, for confirming that yeah. because. And th- thank you so much for saying that because I, 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 you know, I kept thinking that too, like, gosh, man, if people only knew, cause I like looking at her eyes and I remember, cause I was there that whole filming, like as support too, just like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And like, I remember being like, oh, I remember that exact, you know, look, cause she had just come up and we had talked, you know, I knew that was a big moment. It's such a good piece and lesson to learn in all walks of life too because that's what it's all the time right it's like it's like when you have a server you know people are all I, I hear this all the time people are like oh my gosh you know why are they in such a bad mood like this is their job if they don't want to if they're you know don't want to be a server then don't be one it's like dude maybe their dog just died or maybe their husband just left them or their wife or Maybe, I mean, you know what I mean? Like just just because you have a certain narrative doesn't mean that there's not a whole other thing going on that has that nobody knows about. And I, I, it's something we all struggle with, right? Because that's how we relate to life, right? Is like through stories and you have to tell yourself a story to be able to relate to it Um, and to kind of like navigate and get through that. We all tell ourselves a story. Like our whole lives are just stories that we tell ourselves or stories that we've lived and then we go off of those. And so that's all we know. Um, but it's really interesting when people, yeah, if you just like listen and look through different lenses, how different your stories can be. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's just a good lesson in general, right? Like nobody knows what's going on. And a lot of, and this also kind of like goes back to the whole editing of the film. There's so many people that are like, they didn't talk about this. And I can't believe they didn't talk about that. And if she's really an advocate, why didn't she mention X, Y, Z? And I want to tell you guys, I did, I did talk about it and I did mention it. And I did say those things. Um, I was interviewed for 10 hours. Lauren was interviewed for two days. And two days. I want to say collectively, we've got maybe 40 minutes, the both of us, maybe. Oh my gosh, me not even. And literally, I mean, like some of my friends were like, Lauren, you're like literally mid conversation or right, mid answering. I was like, I was like, what? And then it just cuts to something else, which is totally fine. I, I know I'm not mad about it at all, but it's just interesting that 
yeah, I mean, and again, they had to collectively get all of that information and make a, a docuseries and make it all flow. Super tough job. Absolutely. Super tough job. Super tough job. Or at first I was like, wait a second. I, I did that for two days. And I'm like, I don't even like, even have really like a statement. What's going on? And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, I'm not really sure. And it, it could possibly be that they have plans for multiple more episodes. When they were filming with me, they were like, and I was like the fourth person to be filmed, right? Well, like, guess that yeah. Mark and Deanne and then Lachey and Daryl. And then I was the, the next person after them. Yeah. And so I'm talking. To when the, was that? The, you know, that was, was I filmed November 10th of 2020. Okay. okay. I think we filmed in December. Yeah. I filmed, I filmed in November. It was right after the election. Um, and I remember talking to them and they were like, this story is so crazy. Like the people we've already talked to, they didn't tell me who, but the people we've already talked to have like crazy stories. I'm like, you haven't even talked to anybody that's told me they've, you know, like that I know you're going to talk to. I'm like, you haven't even heard their stories. It's crazy. I said, I don't know how you guys are going to make a documentary out of this. It's going to have to be a series. I said, you guys are going to, you guys are going to have enough to do 10 episodes. At least. I really hope there's more. Yeah, even so, me, even I'm like, I want to know more. I want because I thought so many, so much of this stuff was super interesting. Like the guy, the designer. Yes. I'm but, gonna try I mean, and find out. <laughs> right? There's so much footage. So so much. I would not be surprised if they did in. more stuff. I talked about a lot of current things that have happened in the last four years since I've left. The things that I've done. Um, I talked a lot about that stuff. Obviously, none of it's in there. So who right. knows? They might talk about yeah. the aftermath and what's going on and in the movement and things like that. It, it really, I think, would depend on what people want to see. Right. So, you know, leave those reviews and ask for second seasons, tag them in yes. things, yes. you know, keep doing yes. that. Keep letting them yes. know that you're interested and you want to know more because that's the only way they've already interviewed us. <laughs> Our job's yes. already done. I, I I've already said all the things you guys want to know. Just, just sitting on the cutting room floor waiting it literally is. So yeah, like I, you know, for me, that was another thing, like what was left out and there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, there's I think a lot. this Lula bitch series is a good companion to talking about things that were left out and sharing stories, but there's even so much more that I don't even know. Totally. Clearly there's so much we don't even know. I do want to address something that I saw because there are a couple of people that were sharing photos that have been shared in the documentary, like people that are still in LuLaRoe and they're saying things like, oh, Amazon just steals pictures. And I want to let those people know about something called public domain. And when you post pictures publicly, um, they're not really private anymore. So that's, that's probably why photos of you were in a documentary uh, because you put them on the internet uh, publicly. Yeah. So a customer of mine had posted in my group at one point, um, like as a thank you, like I made like a good gift basket for her daughter or something like that. And so she had posted a picture of her daughter. Um, I don't know. Anyways, um, she is in it. And I had to politely just tell her that because it was posted publicly, that there wasn't I mean and she she wasn't mad she was super cool about it but like you know what I mean it's like yeah no that is and that's good information just for everybody to know like like if I was gonna take that picture maybe do something with it there might be a little something like if I was gonna be 
I don't know. Yeah, it changing or altering or, it. Yeah. Or trademarking it. Trademarking and it. Yours, it. And then, then, you know, but no. Yeah. yeah. So another thing that we talk to about people sometimes that were leaders or top sellers um, is special perks. So did you get any special perks? Well, yeah. So I got to go to the warehouse and pick my, pick my own inventory that, but again, it's kind of like, okay, yes, that was a perk. Well, I guess just like convention or anything else. It was like, yes, it won. It was taken away from my business because I wasn't selling on those days. I was paying to go. Nobody was paying for anything for me. I mean, we paid for every single thing. And then, uh, but anyway, so I went to the warehouse and did that a couple of times. Um, and so how did you get picked to go to the warehouse? So the first time I, I want to say it was like a lottery and then you, which I don't think it was probably really a lottery. I mean, nothing really just was, nothing was like Random. that. Uh-huh. And then you got to bring somebody. So I brought a girl on my team and then like a couple weeks later, um, Ashley invited me to go with her. So I went down with her and did that again. So the second time was the best because I knew what, like, you know, what people wanted or I would take requests or things like that. So that was, you know, definitely a perk. But and you still had to pay for everything and I it still cost a ton of money. A ton of money. You had to pay for shipping, you had to pay for all the things. It was, it was, yeah. So, I mean, they built all these things up, but really it was just for them to get rid of stuff too, because there wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it certain. And I think also they knew certain people were coming on certain days or certain times or things like that. And so they put things out or you'd make friends with someone that was working. I'd be like, Hey, do you, I'm really looking for medium velvet Sarah's or I really would um, like, or all white ones. I remember that. And so they'd be like, Oh, hold on. Yeah. I mean, I remember when they were in Seattle doing the thing and Megan Parker, they'd flown up Megan and she and I become friends. Yeah. Just hung out. She'd be like, oh yeah. What do you want? Or, you know, I mean, just once you like were in, you kind of just were in, you were in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happened. Yeah. We can't, we can't pretend it didn't happen. Oh no, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I wish more people would acknowledge that, you know? For sure. But I also don't think that they even, I think you and I had spoke on that. I don't even think certain people think that certain perks were perks, just like how certain people don't think that, you know, because you look a certain way that you're going to get treated a certain, like you're going to get, I remember because Deanne, I, I had asked Ashley, I think, and I remember saying like, I'm so offended that they're not asking me because I would for sure go down and do it. <laughs> isn't that crazy to think back to that mindset you were in and you're like wow I cannot believe I would even think that for a second being outside the cult but how easy it was to come to that while you were in it yes I was like I like actually was mad that I did not get offered but yeah other I don't think there were any I mean other than I mean you know Katy Perry obviously and the floor you got that too yeah got that too I don't think I didn't cruise qualify and I got offered to go. They said I would, could go. Yeah. Those were, I mean, those are the little perks. I think those are the normal perks that like mid-level people like us would get. Yeah. 
little love bombs, little trinkets, little yeah. gifts yeah. to keep oh, us yeah. excited and happy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the gifts. Don't ask any questions. Teeks. Here's a cruise. Here's, here's a pair of teeks. I got some teeks too. I got I gold ones. I sold mine. Mine are somewhere. I have no idea, but I got the gold, like the metallic gold ones. Mine were like canvasy rainbow striped. It's so funny. I mean, even that is like a culty thing, right? Like so many people in LuLaRoe wore teaks. It was like like a status symbol. And the Nina bags and the Alex and Ani bracelets all the way up to your elbow. Yep. All of them. Do you still have like your watch and all that stuff? Um, it's somewhere, but I have no idea where it's packed away somewhere. I should sell it. I have, I have gotten more messages about the bag. You know what? I don't, so they don't say this. I got to show this to you though. So the bag that I have, I have like in the documentary, I have gotten hundreds of messages about it. And they're all like, where did you get that bag? So sorry to bother you. Where did you get that bag? You want to know? It's funny. Okay. This will talk about a perk. So I was in Mexico with my husband, um, for like our anniversary. I don't even know why. And, um, Lindsay and Ashley call or Lindsay texted me. I was like, I'm so sorry. I know you're on vacation. We need a venue in Seattle to do a training, like the day you get back and we need you to come and blah, blah, blah. And so my, um, my family had, has had some connections. And so I got them a place at the Edgewater hotel here in Seattle, like gorgeous, all this, all the things. So they presented me this bag. I don't know if you'll be able to see this on the screen. Tell me if you can see this. Okay. Yeah. We love you. And it's signed by Deanne. Oh my God. It does say Deanne. With a heart. Oh, it says, we love you, Deanne, with a heart in like silver Sharpie, it looks like maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like gave, did this like whole thank you thing and um, yeah, like presented me this bag as a thank you, but so funny. I, the couple people I've messaged back, I was like, don't even like waste your time. I mean, it's a gorgeous bag, but it hurts because the, it like rubs against your leg and it's real cowhide and these bristles are sharp. So anyone that's listening, don't get a real cowhide bag. The question that I get the most randomly like that is, oh my God, your plaid cardigan is so cute. Where did you get it? (laughs) So I was talking to somebody about you and they were like, wait, which one is she? I was like, I don't know. Like, how do I, you know, I'm so terrible at describing people. So she's the one that said dead fart leggings. All right. (laughs) She's the one that said, what in the fuck? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then someone said the one that was in that cool plaid, like thing. I was like, yes, yes. I got it from my friend, Adrian, uh, who was a former LuLaRoe consultant who has a boutique in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it literally came the night before I had no idea what I was going to wear. I was going to, I was like, I'm going to wear this black tank top, but I need like a sweater or something over the top. And it literally came the night before. Right. So and I was like, I'm wearing this. It's not LuLaRoe, right? It is not LuLaRoe. It looks no. like, like, not like the Gwen. What was the long one that we could get? No, this is, um, this is just, I think it even has elbow patches. It has like the buttons on the sleeve. Yeah. It's just a cute, comfy sweater. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm afraid to wear it in public though, because I don't want people to recognize me. You're the girl that's 
It was on the LuLaRoe documentary. I'm like, the way people would recognize me is they're like, wait a second, that sweater. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know where you can get it. It's from last season, but uh, yeah, I got it last fall from it's- my friend Adrian. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. So uh, when you and I were talking before we started recording, you mentioned, uh, we were talking about cult stuff and you mentioned that previously when you were younger, you had been involved in another cult. Now you don't have to share too much of your experience. I know that it's triggering and difficult, but could you share some of the similarities of being in two different cults so that maybe somebody listening, you know, might, might hear it and go, oh my God. Well, the number one thing is, is that you don't know. So that's really tricky because you don't know, but if you start questioning, why question the entire time? So when I was 17, it was March 16th of 1998. I was, I'm sure everybody's heard of these things where you can like get taken in the night. And like you, I went to a wilderness program first. It was called Seuss. It was in Idaho. And um, I did, was out there for three weeks. And then from there, I was transferred to this place called Cascade, which was in Whitmore, California. Um, it's a two-year program. You talk to your family once every two weeks for 10 minutes. Um, and it was really insane. Uh, I, from day one, well, my first privilege was to walk alone. So I knew that I, I knew that that felt weird and that didn't seem right. Um, but what was hard about that is that I couldn't do anything about it. it. You can't really leave. You're on top of a mountain, literally on top of a mountain. There's no stoplight. There's no, there's no car. There's nothing. There's literally nothing there except for a pond and some, some like dorms, but they're just like these cabins out in the woods and a cafeteria. And then this place called the lodge, which was a house and everyone had to dress the same, look the same, no makeup, no razors, no like nothing, nothing, and nothing from home. And you could not talk to anybody. You were just away from the world. So okay, so and yes, that's a totally different subject, and that's crazy. And it was a total cult. I I didn't know it was a cult. I didn't know. I just knew that where I was was really crazy. I kept thinking like, if anybody really finds out about this, like this shit's gonna go down. Because and it did end up going down, and it's been shut down and closed. Uh, didn't happen soon enough. So 15 years later, I find myself in LuLaRoe and there was something, you know, I think the draw to it was this, there was this familiar, we're family, we're in this together. There's like this, you know, um, nobody kind of understands we're a little different and that's always how it's kind of started like we do things a little different but it's it's in a really good way and and there's something comforting in that um when you're used to things being a little different because when you come out of of that like like you're like you Roberta are forever changed because of LuLaRoe there's always going to be something a little bit different about you because of what you've been through and people can prey on that. So people that have had something a little bit different, whether that be family circumstance, a abuse circumstance, a lifestyle circumstance, anything that's just a little bit different becomes like game on. Like here we, we, can, we can get in there somehow because we 
can all agree that there's just something a little bit different and, and use that. And it's so anyway, so fast forward. Okay. So I knew, but I, I couldn't call it out right away. Like, oh, this is reminding me of being back at Cascade um, until when I was like getting out or no, knowing that I needed to get out. And when people would ask me like why I stayed, my answer was kind of this thing with the Cascade because I stayed at Cascade until I was 19, okay? I could have left at 18, although my parents said, don't come knocking on my door. I still could have left. Now, how you actually leave, I don't know because a lot of people like, die, you, could, you would die, you could die because to get down to a city was, I mean, you're like literally in the mountains. Like, I don't even know how you would survive. But that question of, well, why didn't you leave? It's kind of like, well, like, how do you, how would I? Um, and my answers were the same with, and that's when I was like, oh my gosh. There's like, comfort in the chaos. There's comfort in the chaos. And you do believe that like, oh, they were family. They loved me. They cared about me. How, I don't want to betray them. I don't want, because that's not who I am. That's not like that's not where my values lie so if I betrayed them and also betray myself I mean it I could go on and on and on it was like and my family and how am I gonna like and that was the other thing how am I gonna tell them that this happened like again right like I got duped or I got suckered into this I believed because I believed that this other place was good I believe this other place was gonna like make me quote unquote good even though I never thought I was bad I never would have been like I'm a bad person or a bad kid I was a kid I made some dumbass mistakes like cool and then so it was easy to go back to that place of like I'm a bad kid I, I I'm gonna be bad it's bad and so you just all of that just starts to resurface and so it's and again it's it could be anything right where whether it's like, like an, I always compare LuLaRoe to an abusive relationship. Always. I'm like, it's like being in a, an abusive relationship where you can't leave or you feel like you can't leave because then what? This also has become your entire life. You've given up your friends. You've given up every date night. You've given up all your friends their baby showers or their this or their that because you had to go live or you, or you were getting a box. I mean, so. Right. It, and if it's all a scam, then what have you been admit, sacrificing for? Exactly. And then to admit that like out loud and that the whole thing, it's like, it's oh really my hard. Yes. It's so hard and it's embarrassing and it's shame and all of that. So it's been really interesting to start to unpack all of this and really draw so many of the similarities and to, I've become really mindful and I spend a lot of time and probably could tell a documentary because I really do pause to think because I want to be intentional about what I'm saying because I have to like double check myself. Is what I'm saying what I mean? Is what I'm saying my truth and true to who I am and my values and, and of my character because it's so easy and you're trained so well in any of both let's just say whether it was cascade or Lula Road, they give you the answers they tell you what to say without telling you what to say right. whether it's the verbs right like 
blessing lies and blah, blah, blah. Like, because of LuLaRoe, like all of those things, it was the same thing at Cascade. It was, and we had a completely a, a different language. Like when I tell people like there's this, you know, I'm, I was on bands, I was on, which means when, if you're on bands, it means you couldn't talk to, like I was on bands with boys for a year, which means you can't talk to boys for a year. And if they say, hello, you have to say I'm on bands. And so like, um, yeah, we just had, a, you know, indict, we just had different terms for everything. And so it, if you like sing a song, um, it was called popping off. And, and if you got, and if you popped off, you would get in big trouble. Like you'd be on a work project, shoveling snow, you'd be, it, it was crazy. Like I spent Christmas, I got in trouble. I snuck out with a boy because I wasn't allowed to talk to boys. And granted, yes, should I have snuck out? No, I didn't even do anything with him. I just want, we just like wanted to talk. Like it seemed like we would probably have some things in common. I hadn't talked to boys in forever. I was like, well, whatever. Anyways, but on Christmas, I lost my visit that I was supposed to have with my family. And I was gonna be able to see my brother for the first time in forever. And that was like who I really cared about seeing. And um, they took that away from me and I was doing work projects and shoveling snow on Christmas. Um, and then I didn't get to see him again. I had to earn that back in, in July of 2000 and he died a week later. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. So I'm like, so it's just so crazy. But so again, to, you know, just thinking like, wow. And then, and then you start to question, I do talk about that in the documentary a little bit. Like, what is it about me? What's wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me that I, that that's comfortable, that that, you know, that I'm like susceptible to that or, you know, so there's all that like thought that happens. So it's, it's, it's a lot, but I would just say to anybody, just be careful about who you surround yourself with. And if it's any type of a group, we're this, we're your family, or we, we're a little different or we do things like this. I mean, I, it's, it's cause it's easy to fall into. Um, and, you know, I consider myself a, a strong, confident um person so i i feel like i i feel like i wouldn't look at myself and be like oh well that girl really is gonna get into this culty thing but i also am like a lover of people and i do believe in the best um so i want to believe in the good i do i truly want to believe in the good i prefer to see the good than the bad and then that's just gotten me so instead of me even thinking about like it like that anymore i'm just like like, let's be intentional and thoughtful of the choices that we make, you know, yeah. like, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to just don't join an MLM. How about that? <laughs> or send your kids away to a bad kid's school, because I'm telling you right now, just don't do it. It's yeah. Bad. Well, you even telling me about your experience at Cascade and these work camps. Um, it was reminding me a friend of mine, Jenna, she wrote a book called Beyond Belief she left Scientology. She was raised in Scientology and she talks about being in these Scientology schools. And it, I could have been listening to her telling me about her Scientology school. Really? You telling me about Cascade just now. Yeah. I mean, they made the bad kids like sleep in a barn. Like it's just, they literally just moved railroad ties from here to there and like dug rocks out of the ground to put them other places. Like just really just wow so wow yes it's just wild it is so crazy it was the like I said to you I don't even know I'm like one day I need to write a book about it because I I literally wouldn't even I it's so hard to explain because it just um I I didn't even know places like that existed 
and they do. And some yeah. of them are still around. A lot of them actually are. But I know Paris Hilton has come out and she has a whole movement because um, she went. She was at mine for like a few days and then she left. And what? Went to, yeah. She wow. Okay. So I'll look up that stuff and, and link some of that in the oh. show notes so people can oh. dig into it. Oh, oh. you got to. She's, oh, you've got to check that out. She's got, she's a whole, she just came out like a documentary about it. I've missed a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm like dig into it and then you can ask me questions I can I'm like because I can answer questions I it's just so hard to like even know where to start with that whole um I mean there was this thing called like this is gonna sound so crazy because it was it's called smushing and so everyone be like do you want to let's go down to the house and smush and smushing was like you get all of these pillows they had like these great big pillows and you would just like lay on these pillows and like I'll send you pictures. I all send you pictures. I, cause I have, I have a whole box. I have a whole box. I've got all my journals. I have everything. And you would just like lay on these, lay on people. And, and like, just like snuggle. Like lay with, yeah. Like snuggling basically it's called smushing. And then you, they, you close your eyes sometimes. What I forget what they called it. They do the face tickles. What? Oh my God. Man, I feel like we're, I'm going to get a lot of comments about this, Lauren, and you're going to have to come back and do a whole episode about I will. Oh my God. I'm going to get my box out tonight and, and send you photos. You're going to be like, what? We'll take your time unpacking that box and all of the feelings that yeah, are right. going to come I'm gonna have with a storyboard it. tonight. I'm going to be like, you want to talk about ADD girl? I'm going to have like, I'm like, it's going to be like a detective show. My husband's get out the red yarn. I'm going to have it all. I'm going to have like my easel up and like, this was then this is what happened. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. I mean, it's not, but it is. Right. And I say that on this, right? Like I make jokes and there's a lot of comedy on this show and it's because if we don't laugh, we cry. So we find the comedy yes. and the catharsis of going through this and commiserating together. And yes. that's why there's comedy. And the other thing is at the end of the day, it makes you a stronger person. Like I am very, I have a lot of compassion and a lot of empathy and I love people and I choose to look at the good. I, uh, I could, I could sit here and be like, oh my God, poor me, this sucks. And I did this twice. And you know, all this, you know, like all this horrible stuff happened. Like when I was there, I could blame myself for like my, I could go down a whole rabbit hole, but you know what? what good does that do? This is good. This is good. Getting out there, educating people. Like, you know, there are so many alternatives than to like sending your child away because it also doesn't do anything and you don't know what's happening there. And, you know, man, maybe ask them what's going on for them and get to the root of that problem before you just send them somewhere else to deal with, you know, your kid's problem because you don't want to. So it's just, um, yeah. I think I said this to you. I don't think we were recording, but I'm like, you know what? It's made me a good parent. It's made me a better friend. And, you know, so, you know, I've even apologized to friends after Lula wrote, like, I'm so sorry that I, you know, chose that over you. Cause that is what I did. And I, and owning it. And there's so much power in owning your story and your truth and admitting it and just being honest. It doesn't mean that it's going to be hard to unpack and doesn't mean any of that but there is so much power and beauty and grace in, in the truth. And that is, um, why I appreciate what you're doing. And I think that, um, the more truth that we can expose and in, in a beautiful way and honor the experiences that we've had, then, Hey, why not? 
and have some fun while you're doing it, you know? Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that, that that's the message that's getting out because that's, was my intention with this yeah. from day one, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, thank I'm you. proud of you for doing that. It's awesome. It's, it's truly a gift that you get to give people. So. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm going to be all emotional. <laughs> well, we can cry about it. It's true though. You know, like there's just so much fluff out there and bullshit or people wanting to tell their story with a lot of personal gain or wanting to do this. And it's like, maybe if the person, you know, okay, fine. Personal gain. The personal gain is that we're, we're owning a part of our story that we're not necessarily are proud of, but to educate other people and to give back. And I think that people, if they can look at it also like that, like, I think a, a lot of what we've talked about at least is also perspective, right? Like if we can just change the lens, change the lens that we're looking it through. Um, and if you can take a step back and be mindful and non-judgmental and looking at all of these situations, like, huh, what even, what even was attractive about that? That's what I keep thinking. Like, and the, I did say that in the documentary, like, what was that about me that made that attractive? Like I signed, I signed up, no one held a gun to my head. I made all those choices, all of them, every yeah. single one, every single box I paid for, I paid for. Like, I'm not a total victim in this. Like, did I get manipulated and did they sell all this, you know, crap to get you to do it? Yeah. But there was something about me. There's something, there was something that allowed that to happen. And that is something that I am continuing to really work on so that it doesn't happen again. And that's like with anything, whether you're getting out of a relationship of any kind, whether that's with a business, with a partner, with anything is, and I think the only way that you really learn and move on is not like, oh, looking at your part not, that's not even, that is not what I'm saying. Like not, you know, it's not your fault if you're in an abusive relationship, but like what next, what, what, what will I do next time to prevent and protect myself right. from, from ever getting into a situation like that because right to see the patterns and recognize right. the red flags before mm -hmm. they become dangersome mm -hmm. especially to, to know and say no this is this doesn't feel right and to really trust your gut yes because we live in such a fast pace like bing 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 you know the clickbait right click 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 next 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 it's like swipe 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 or whatever the fuck is going on it's like fucking dude everyone just needs to slow slow down slow down let's just just sit on it for a minute like really like be intentional and mindful and I really truly do believe and people might think this I am crazy as fuck but I don't even care but it's like you know what the more time and thought that you give something even if it's 30 more seconds I really do think our world would be a different place and everyone's looking to their right, looking to, like looking around for like a, yeah, yeah, you're like do it or for, and no one seems to think for themselves anymore. It's like, but what do you think and what? How does that actually make you feel? It was really interesting, even at like the doctor yesterday, the day before that, I went to the doctor, and I asked my doctor like how I was like how are you doing, and she kind of was like, I could tell she was a little taken aback because I'm sure people don't ask maybe their doctors that. And she was like, um, I'm actually like really I'm not okay. And I was like, I got, 
I just started crying. I just felt so bad. Um, she started talking about like, her, you know, her mother and some things that are, that's going on. And she, just, but she looked at me and she goes, thank you so much for asking. Yeah. But I mean, cause I, I truly do care and I love her so much, but like, if we can take two minutes to like really be present and have those little conversations, I just think that it can really make a difference in people's lives. So you're opening doors for that. And I think that's awesome. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, at the end of these, and this has been such a lovely chat, but at the end, we've got these questions. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So tell me one word that encompasses how you feel about LuLaRoe. Mm, the first word I, okay, resentful. Um, one warning to somebody who currently wants to join LuLaRoe. Please don't. <laughs> what is your worst memory of LuLaRoe? My worst memory of LuLaRoe. Oh, well, it, my, I mean, I had a girl on my team who was threatening to like uh, hurt my family. Yes, <laughs> you remember horrible. that? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, that's probably was, the worst. Yeah, that Definitely. was the worst. That was 100% the worst. And them doing nothing about it. Um, what was the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in LuLaRoe? That nobody has your back, but you truly. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Okay. And then my favorite one is the positive takeaway. Something that maybe you learned in LuLaRoe or experienced in LuLaRoe that you still use or have or do today. Um, I definitely think it's just going back to like what I was just saying is like trusting my gut being mindful um, of decisions that we're, that we make all the time. And if something doesn't feel right, like really checking in. Yeah. Like, I love that your positive takeaway is like the lesson you learned. <laughs> You're like, this was a nightmare. My positive takeaway is I'm a lot smarter now. <laughs> totally. Exactly. It's like, duh, like it, this was so terrible. Well, and, and to let it, and to choose to let it empower you instead of, because it is so easy to be like, like I said, resentful, right? That was the first thing that came into my mind. Um, but not letting that resentment take me on the highway of like anger and just living that way. It's like, no, mm -mm, okay, I'm resentful. I can own that. I can speak it. I can talk about it. And I can choose to live completely differently because of it. So yeah. I think a lot of people have resentment. I think a lot of people feel hurt and duped. And a lot of people also feel really hurt because there's former LuLaRoe consultants out there that are invalidating their feelings by continuing to defend LuLaRoe, even though they're no longer affiliated with them. And I think that's a whole nother thing, right? There are cult members out there that are invalidating our experiences Absolutely. and literally saying, that's not what happened to me, even though they know the truth. And that's really kind of gross and hurtful, I think, to a lot of victims. Yeah, they don't want to see it. Yeah, so I I even you know hope that that those people that have left maybe watch it and open their eyes and realize that even if you weren't hurt, that others were, and that's still you know like you shouldn't defend it. Like put Just put this situation in any other sort of traumatic situation and see if you would defend the perpetrators. Correct. There, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah changing the lens. Absolutely. Change the lens and, and put this victim situation in a different situation that maybe right. you do feel passionate about. Right. 
and think, yeah. wow, would I speak to the victims of this thing this way? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on sister. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. I know this was like the craziest, like your phone died and then you're done, like so oh many things. God. I feel like the, the dogs are trying life. us, trying to have us not speak, but I we know. got it done anyway. I know. I know. Typical. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.